Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Locked on Penguins podcast. Yes, this team stunk again on Thursday night, a 5-1 loss to the Vegas Golden Knights, or I am starting to record this with checks notes on my Penguins app here. Just a few minutes left um, in the game. That's the Penguins' sixth straight loss. We're going to recap everything that went wrong in this game tonight, that disastrous first period, and why this team needs to start, needs to start starting out games a lot better. The second period and why it just was kind of a waste just because they were not able to finish on any of those chances. We will get into Ty Smith and his goal because that was a really nice play that he had. Casey dismissed struggles and why that just cannot be the norm for as long as Tristan Jarrett is out and so much more. So all that plus a lot more coming up right after this drop. You're locked on Penguins. Your daily podcast on the Pittsburgh Penguins. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello, welcome back to another episode of the Locked On Penguins Podcast. I'm your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter at and also Penguins. And of course, thank you all so much for making this your first listen of the day. Also, um, today's episode is brought to you by Ben Online. Ben Online is covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. That is Ben Online where the game starts. Yes, I'm still a little bit under the weather. My eyes have been very watery today. I, I, I think I have the Jeff Petrie eyes from the Stanley Cup final from a couple of years ago. I, at least I don't think uh, I don't, at least I don't think they do. Um, but it has been a little bit of a struggle, but my voice, I feel like, has come back a little bit more, and we can recap this game against the Vegas Golden Knights. And yeah, it was a bunch of crap. Also, we'll say a little bit of a different setup today. I got my double monitor fully set up. Let me know if you think this is a bit of a better setup for those that watch on YouTube um, compared to the old one where you know, just you know, it looked like the graphic was covering me up a little bit more. Let me know if how I look right now is a bit better because you know I can just change some stuff up. Of course, but yeah, just a whole lot of vomit from the Penguins tonight, especially in that first period. They got taken to the complete woodshed in that first period. The uh, the Golden Knights had 52% of the shot attempts in that first period. They had 62% of the scoring chances and 66% of the high danger chances. And then, of course, 56% of the expected goals. It is not a coincidence that um, they were up 3-0 heading into the intermission. It was a total butt-kicking that the Knights gave the Penguins in that period. The Penguins were just not ready to play this game. And, you know, I, I, I'm i sure I, I, the broadcast was saying this, like, oh, well, you know, the travel from Boston to Vegas. But it's like, they've had three days to travel there. I, I don't really think that's much of an excuse, in my opinion. And the Penguins, they play well in Vegas. Last season, they came back from three goals down to actually beat them. So I don't really care about that. And funny, just as I'm uh, recording this, Sidney Crosby, just gets his 20th goal of the season, 5-2 the Penguins fall, officially 5-2. So, hey, at least we got a Sidney Crosby goal tonight, right, people? Um, but, no, um, official final, 5-2. But the Penguins were just never ready to start this game. That, I think, was the biggest thing for me. Um, right from the opening puck drop, they were not forechecking at all. Vegas was doing whatever they wanted to the Penguins. And then, boom, two minutes in, um, Old friend Phil Kessel, the man, the myth, the legend, the guy who, you know, nice guy, tries hard, loves the game, uh, gets his first, uh, I believe that's his first goal against the Penguins since he was traded uh, by the Penguins. 
Um, that's not, I think, what anyone wanted to see tonight, uh, just because, you know, every, I think everyone in this fan base loves Phil. Um, if you don't like Phil, I think you have a serious problem. But, you know, really nice job for him to get that goal. Um, Vegas quickly makes it 2 nothing. Right after that, Jack Eichel comes in. Jack Eichel, excuse me, comes in all alone on a mini breakaway to Smith. You know, would be nice for him to make that save there. Sorry, I know it's a little bit of a partial breakaway, but when the team is not playing well, he needs to be able to come up with that save. It, it may sound like I'm being a little unfair. I'm not trying to be, but in that situation, you know, we've seen Tristan Jari, the starter, of course, make that kind of save time after time after time. For the Penguins, but you know, I, I get that dismiss the backup, but it, he's probably going to be getting quite a bit of starts here moving forward if this injury to Jari is a long term. He's still being evaluated, but you know, dismiss needs to be a lot better on that goal, needs to be a lot better overall. Um, tonight, you know, I'll, I'll go into that a little later on for this episode of Vegas. Quickly makes it three nothing after that. Really nice passing play to score a power play goal against the Penguins. You know, the PK has been. Mostly pretty good throughout these last few months, but, you know, it also didn't help that Teddy Bluger was basically just hobbled for most of that sequence. He blocked a shot. Did not look right coming to the bench. He was able to finish the game, but, you know, in typical Penguins fashion, I'm kind of expecting him to miss a practice just because it did not look well for him. Um, but he was barely able to skate on that sequence. Vegas basically had a five on three and a half. They were able to quickly make it three nothing. And at that point, the game's basically over. The Penguins have not really shown an ability to come back from a lot of multi-goal deficits this season. Usually, you know, under Mike Sullivan in teams past, you know, they've been the comeback kids under them. But so far this season, when this team goes down, it's pretty hard for them to climb back out of it, especially if it's a multi-goal lead. Sure, they did. They've done it to Columbus. They did it. They came back against Buffalo a couple of times. That was only one goal deficit. When you're playing a team like Vegas, who is just really, really good, they have a great head coach. I know they're not playing the best goaltender still. Um, that you're, you're up a creek in that point. Most teams that go up three, nothing end up winning the game. And, and, you know, and, and, and we saw that tonight, um, that these bad starts have got to go away. They were fine against the Bruins. They probably should have had a goal or two after the first period in winter, in the winter classic on Monday tonight. This was unacceptable. You've had three days off. You're going up against a team that, you know, they're playing well. I get it. But also at the same time, you know, you have more of the rest. You should be coming out to a faster start. We saw them come out to that start in the second period. <clears throat> Excuse me. <clears throat> Why are you not starting games like that? That is my biggest thing. Why are you not starting games like that? I, I think I almost just lost my point. But then when you go down, you start turning it up. I think that's the point that I was trying to make there. It just does not make any sense to me. Do you really need a massive butt kicking in the locker room when you go down two or three goals heading into an intermission? And then, oh, guess it's time to start playing now. You should be doing that from the opening puck drop. I know it's easy to say, but, you know, that start is just not acceptable. And the Penguins, they're not going to win any games like that moving forward if that's the start that they're going to get um, from everyone, not just the goaltender, not just from the forwards, not the, not just, not just the defense, everyone is accountable for that. Um, and, you know, the second period, I'll get to that in just a second. But, you know, just they were doomed from the start with how they played, and it's not good enough. This is unacceptable right now. This is an, another six-game losing streak this season. One more loss, they'll tie the season long. 
and it'll tie the longest winning streak in the Mike Sullivan era. None of this is okay. Um, nor, nor is it acceptable. You know, but both words work there. Um, but that does it for this first segment of today's episode. Coming up in the next segment, we're going to get into the second period, things I liked, um, things I did not like. We'll also get into Casey DeSmith's performance, Ty Smith's goal, Cindy Crosby's goal, all of that as well. But before we get into that, BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. You can get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there, from pro football to college bowl season to basketball and the World Cup. We've got it all at BetOnline.net. If you love sports podcasts, you can also find those at BetOnline as well. We're always the fastest, easiest way to get your betting info. You can head to the website today or to use your mobile device to learn more. That is BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, I'm back here on this episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I am your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter at Alistair Penguins. And, of course, thank you all so much for making this your first listen of the day. So, second period, Penguins come out like a house on fire. They are dominating the Knights those first five to six minutes. But Aiden Hill, for some reason, is standing on his head. And this is just another make-a-name goaltender who wants to play like God against the Penguins, I believe. After that period, he had 30-something saves. And this is a guy who just got pulled against the Anaheim Ducks. And the Ducks are one of the worst teams in the league. So in typical fashion against the Penguins, he decides to stand on his head. Made some nice saves. So the Penguins didn't challenge him as much as I wanted them to. Though they still got some decent chances through. But I even tweeted this uh, when I was watching. I had just I have never seen a team attack like that shift after shift after shift and just come up empty. And that was what the Penguins were doing in that period. They were getting all kinds of quality chances, odd man rushes, you know, chances in front of the net, chances from the point, chances from the slot, anything, you name it. They just were not going in the front of the net. If they're able to get just one that period, heck, even two, to make it a 3-2 game, and some of those were quality chances, this is a potentially completely different game heading into the third period. And maybe that other goal uh, with just nine seconds left, maybe that, that puck does not go in the net to make it 4 nothing to really put this game um, out of reach. It's just the Penguins, they put all that pressure on, but they completely wasted that second period because they were not able to get a bounce to go their way. They had the power play. They had a couple decent chances at getting Malkin, I believe, hit the post slash crossbar. Um, they had another couple of chances when Crosby was right in front of the net. Somehow was not able to get that puck to go in. Jake Genslaw then had a chance where he just completely fanned on it, and he's showing right now that he just cannot buy a goal. Dan Heinen had a chance, or actually had multiple chances, um, from the slot area. He also cannot buy a goal. He has not scored since October. And you add all that up, and it was a complete waste of a second period for the Penguins. Um, they did a lot of things right. I would like to see them start off the game like that because it could have been a completely different game. But, you know, it's just they, they, they wasted that second period, um, to say the least. And just, you know, backtracking a little bit to the first period, um, just overall with Casey DeSmith, I don't think this performance was good enough for him, I, I I did see a tweet tonight um, from I believe you know his expected goals against was like one point five something like that, but you know he allowed four goals. Um, that is yeah, it was one point six. Excuse me, in thirty nine minutes. This was after the second period, four goals four goals against. So his goal stated above expected tonight minus two point four. That's not good enough. I understand you're the backup, but you know you are allowed to make a save even on that fourth goal. You know, there's less than 20 seconds remaining in the second period. And I understand that Ty Smith did not look good on that play. But again, 
make a save, find out where the puck is. So many times you just does not know where the puck is, whether it's like around the net, you know, behind him, to the side, wherever, you know, his, his puck, you know, like can, his puck, you know, I, I don't want to say it's like management control, whatever. It's not the greatest at times. So it's something he's going to need to work on it. And again, I'll say this, he needs to be a lot better, you know, if he's going to keep starting games for as long as Tristan Jarring is out. The Penguins do not have the number one goaltender to bail them out in games where they start bad because tonight, you know, maybe Jari does make that save on Jack Eichel um, when it's one nothing. If, if if Jari is starting and he makes that save, you know, who knows where that game goes? You know, maybe he even makes the save. Well, the first one, you really can't make the save. The, the third one, probably not either. But I would say at least two of those goals tonight, DeSmith would want back, and I think Jari would have. So, you know, and I understand I'm not trying to really – bag on him and make him a scapegoat and all this stuff. But what I am saying is he needs to be better. And just his last, some of his last few starts just has not been the greatest in um, my opinion. The, the game against Detroit, I'm not really blaming him for that, even though he allowed five goals. That was just a whole collapse by the team after they went up four goals. But I will say, you know, just tonight did not, did not really help out his team means to be better. And, you know, this game was also a classic case of, you know, when the top six is cold, the bottom six is not there to help out. And I understand, Gims. I understand, excuse me, Josh Archibald is out. I get that Ryan Paling is out. But also I'll argue that Ryan Paling, outside of being a solid penalty killer, is not really that good of an offensive player. He's not really contributed much in the goal screen department this year. I know Archibald has, and he's been actually one of their better bottom sixers, and I've made a crow on that. But, you know, you look at some of these other players on the bottom six, you know, it's a bottom six that's designed to just play low event hockey so the top six can go out there and win you games. And when the top six is not doing that and they're in the dry spells that they are in right now with Evgeny Malkin, with Jake Gensel, even Sidney Crosby before he had his 20th goal tonight, um, Ricard, Raquel, Brian Rust, when all those guys are not scoring, this is the kind of game that you get where it's just U-G-L-Y ugly and relying on this team to win games with their bottom six right now it's not going well and it hasn't gone well all season because the gm in place who was in who was in control of this team did not do enough to get them a better bottom six over the offseason he did not you know spread out the resources you know to the best of his abilities and i think you're really seeing that right now and i even tweeted about this during the game tonight i said this you know, you can sit there and blame Mike Sullivan and you can question him all you want. I have no problem with it. He has his issues right now with Jeff Carter, Ryan Dillman, a couple other things. But at the end of the day, who gave him the roster? It was this front office. And I don't think they did enough this offseason to really help him. What was once a strength of this team, bottom six-wise, is now, I think, their biggest weakness. Because outside of Brock McGinn this season and Josh Hartford before he got hurt, who has been scoring goals in the bottom six? Dan Hyden hasn't scored since October because their confidence heated up, but that's only for the last couple of weeks. And it's a small heater if that. Jeff Carter's not scoring for you. Ryan Paling's not scoring for you. Teddy Bluger's not scoring. You have a lot of passengers down there. And outside of one or two players in that bottom six, you know, no one else is doing anything. You know, you go back to those 
other bottom sixes that they had towards the end of the Jim Rutherford era and the start of the Ron Hextall era, you know, Evan Rodriguez, he would usually pitch in from, you know, more often than this. Brandon Tanev, he would pitch in more often. Heck, you know, even sometimes Zach Nash and Reese would chip in from time to time. But well, I mean, we won't go there. He, he would probably he would he he scores probably um, about as much as some of these players do. So that's that's probably taking it a little too far. But you know, you all see what I mean. Freddie Goudreau, even you know, he's picked up. Uh, he's been really good, I would say, since going to Minnesota. I think the Penguins definitely should have brought him back. But you see the point I'm trying to make. It's just not enough of an offensive oomph down there. And I think it's really costing the Penguins some some of these games right now. So that's where I really wanted to end this segment, touching on that. Coming up in the final segment, we'll get into a couple of other observations I had about this game before probably ending this episode or maybe looking ahead to the game against Arizona. But, but, before I get to that, I can find this here. Are you, if you're looking for a delicious treat but don't want all that fat and calories, then you gotta get a Bill Bar. We just got through the holidays, and I know my goal is to eat a little healthier this year. If you're like me, where you want to eat healthier but don't want to compromise taste, then man, I've got just the thing for you. You gotta try Built. With Built, healthy is actually tasty. Seriously, they're so delicious you don't you you will not think they're good for you. They're perfect for your New Year's resolution. And what makes Built Bars so good? Well, for starters, they're covered in 100% real chocolate, and that's right, it's all real chocolate. And they've come in unbelievable flavors like churro, peanut butter brownie, and coconut almond. I'm not sure how they do it, but these bars taste like a candy bar while maintaining amazing macros. And what's even better is that they are healthy. Only 130 calories and 4 grams of sugar with a whopping 17 grams of protein. If you're close to the Sam's Club right now, you can run in and grab a 13-bar box with our hit flavors, brownie batter, and churro. You can thank me later. All right, I'm back here on this episode of the Lockdown Penguins Podcast. I am your host, Hunter Hodes. You're going to follow me on Twitter, at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter, at Hunter Penguins. And of course, thank you all so much for making this your first listen of the day. Again, I apologize if I just keep going up to my eyes so much. I have no idea what is going on. I, I literally might have the Jeff Petrie eyes. I think that's just, maybe maybe it's just because of the Penguins gave it to me tonight. But, um, you know, I, I, I legit think I have the Jeff Petrie eyes right now. But other things I noticed from this game, Nice to see Ty Smith get his first as a Penguin. I didn't really like his play on the fourth goal that Vegas scored with just 10 seconds left, but really nice shot uh, through traffic early on in the third period. Nice screen. I believe it was from Jake Gensel. Um, thought his work on the power play was fine. I would still have POJ up there, but it looks like Mike Sullivan does not want to do that, at least right now. Sidney Crosby gets his 20th of the year. Nice goal that he had towards the late stages of regulation. If he's able to wake up here at some point, I do think this team is going to be fine. Um, and while I understand that these losses are annoying, I get it. You know, it's Jekyll and Hyde. It's, it's a seesaw. Up, down, up, down, side to side, all that stuff. Right? Again, I try to be as positive as I can. I don't think they're cooked. I think this is mostly a really bad spell. I think some of these issues are fixable. What I don't think is fixable is how, you know, again, like the front office has really screwed over some of the coaching staff with some of the decisions they made over the offseason and how they are, you know, they're kind of stuck with Carter and doing right now you know can you scratch them yeah but you know has mike sullivan shown an ability to do that yeah no no he, he really hasn't and i get that dumoulin should probably not be playing right now i mean mark freeman is your number seven guy he probably gives you a better chance to win at this point but i just don't think mike sullivan um sees it that way at least um not yet um and i know everyone's gonna say this guy is falling and all that stuff that they're gonna miss the playoffs you know 
I do think at the end of the day, they are going to be okay. I said this in my last episode, but you know, as time is, you know, time is, is ticking right now. You know, the, the, the streak that they had early on, right. It was early in the season, October into November, you know, it's fine. You know, everything was, you know, they rebounded, they won 15 in the next 20 games, but now you're into the new year. This is when, you know, you start to see teams separate from the rest of the pack. You know, the Islanders tonight, they lost to the Oilers. That was big for the Penguins, so they still stay two points out of a playoff spot. But the Rangers won. Um, the Hurricanes lost, which was good, but the Capitals won again. You know, you've got to start, you know, making up some ground here. You know, you have the games in hand, but those only matter if you win the games that you have in hand before you eventually catch up um, to those teams. So right now, it's not good enough. It hasn't been good enough for the last week, and I get it. Jeff Petrie's out. Chris Tang's out. Tristan Jari is out, but you know this team has shown an ability to win a lot of games over the years when a lot of their top players are out. You know I just don't want to keep hearing the same old excuses. Change some stuff up. Now that said, I keep seeing a lot. Of, this is what I'm going to end the show with here. I keep seeing all these people on social media say, "Oh yeah, like insert all these young guys in the lineup and stuff." Who? And I'm not trying to be like a total like like a rude person here. Who? Who would you insert into the lineup here? They just put Drew O'Connor in tonight. He's been fine. Like, are people asking for them to recall anyone from Wilkesbury here? Like, I'm trying to be as clear as I can. Do people really think that someone like an Alex Nylander, Valtteri Pustinen, Drake Kajula, any of those guys are just going to magically save the day for the Penguins? Not to mention they don't even have the cap space to call them up right now just because, you know, Jeff Petrie's probably going to be returning in the next week or two. He's already been skating. So they don't even have the room. But again, do people really think that that is going to make a main difference here? Because I've been seeing that all over social media lately, just like in the Penguin subreddit and stuff. I just don't understand that. You know, maybe if, if anyone wants to prove, if someone wants to just you know talk to me about that, I would love it. But in my opinion, I just don't see how players in the AHL you know, are just going to make a huge difference. And I know some of you guys will say, well, look what happened in 2016 and 2017. And I get it. You know, Connor Sherry came up, was great. You know, Jake Ansel came up, was awesome. Brian Rust, all those guys, Tom Quinnacle. But I will also say this about that. Who was the head coach of those teams in 2016? Don Wilkes Mike Sullivan. He knew those players. So he was like, okay, I'm going to bring them up. The same is not, you can't really say the same thing here. He doesn't really know those players that well. He hasn't really coached them down there. You can get scouting reports um, from the Wilkes-Barre coaching staff. You can watch their games to obviously, you know, say like, oh, they're worthy of a call-up. But, you know, they're not there in the lot. He's not there in the locker room with them, seeing them on a day-to-day basis and all this stuff. So I think that also plays into it at least a little bit. But I just also don't think, you know, that some of these players down there are like just going to, have the Penguins all of a sudden flip a switch. You know, I think if they want to get some help, it's going to have to be from the outside, dollar in and dollar out. That is how I see it personally. If you disagree, I, I totally understand that. But I just, I may be not as high on some of the players in Wilkesbury as some other people are. But that's how that's how I see it. Um, that'll do it though for this episode of the Locked on Penguins podcast. I really appreciate all of you listening to this one, even though the team has just been stinking lately. I'm going to have another episode actually Later in the day on Friday, we're, we're going to preview the game against Arizona, go over some practice notes as well. So this is kind of going to be a double 
um, dose of the Lockdown Penguins podcast because I didn't really have a full episode for a Thursday, even though this is technically the Thursday episode, but it's going to be posted on Friday. But my true Friday episode will be posted later in the day on Friday, so you're going to have a, a double dose here, if you will. But again, thank you all so much for listening. I really, really appreciate it. I apologize that I'm still under the weather. Hopefully on Friday um, or later in the day, I'm going to be feeling better. And then hopefully for next week, I'm fully back to 100%. But again, thank you all so much for listening. I'll talk with you all in just a few hours.